are you ready to tell the world that their take on Black Panther is wrong? Absolutely. Although, you know, I think I have critiques and I have praises. So I'm on, on both sides of every fence. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm a everybody man. So I just want the people to be relaxed. You're all things to all people. I'm all things to all people. You know, when all it comes right, to Jesus. Black Panther. You know, I'm just trying to be the Black Panther Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I'm a disciple. <laughs> Yo, seasons changed and Black Panther has ushered in a new season, my man. I don't know how you feel out there listening to us right now, but if you are not on this Black Panther train, I need you to get on board ASAP. And other than Black Panther, welcome to Don't Do That, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, is that what we're doing today? That's what we're okay, doing. Okay, I got caught up in the, the rapture of the music, man. It had me in my in my feelings right now, man. This is Don't Do That, bro. I am John Parker. And I'm Dan Duncan. And this is a show about men winning. It's a show about helping guys ride the waves of life. That's right. It's about getting the right club for the right, I don't know, ball. So they're all the same ball. So we'll just the right terrain, course. the right course, the right... The right lie. hole, the right, yeah. Is that what it, the lie? That's what they yeah. call them? Yeah, sure. All right. We just try we to keep- help you win. That's it, man. Keep you out the weeds, keep you out the sand traps. Find your own mm-hmm. Wakanda. That's it, man. Wakanda forever. That's just the bottom line. We want you to be in Wakanda forever. That's going to be impossible for some guys because you just, the dumbassery level is too high. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't pass through the force field. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get through it, man. Every time you get there, something just keeps you from getting over to the Wakanda promised land. But listen, it won't be because you didn't have a guide. And it won't be because you had two guys that cared enough about you to help you stay out of that situation that you find yourself in over and over and over and over and over again. Our, we are two gentlemen that love you, that care for you. And want to see the best in your life. That's right. We're here for dudes. And apparently our demographics say a lot of ladies as well. <laughs> Listen, we love the ladies. You know what I'm saying? We're here to help y'all understand what life is like for men and how to avoid certain men and how to win with certain men that, you know, the opposite of what we talk about. So no matter your gender, <laughs> welcome to Don't Do That, Bro. That's it. If you guys, so right now we're running a little competition uh-huh. here at Fort District uh-huh. of who is the greatest podcast. Yes. So if you guys could rate us, you could review us on iTunes tunes you could share um on twitter on mm-hmm. facebook hey this is my favorite podcast we're trying to spread the good word yeah and we're trying to not let fourth and ten mm-hmm. win the day right right and it's not like listen you don't have to feel as if you say that we're the your favorite that we're the best that may be implied but what i'm saying is just we can just be your favorite we could just be your favorite you your know what favorite, i'm saying drive home that's it target shopping spree right you know, I think we have one listener mm-hmm. who, that's her, that's her thing. She mm-hmm. goes to Target, she puts on, don't do that, bro. That's and it. she tweets us that's uh, it. like through, through the Target shopping spree, which I appreciate so much. So many levels. It's I great. her name's Haley. Haley. Haley, what's, what's happening? Haley. Hey. So thank you for all those people who do tune in every mm-hmm. single week. We wouldn't be here without you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some cool things planned. But this episode, we're going to be talking... Black Panther Wakanda, mm-hmm. the psychology behind Wakanda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But first, as always, mm-hmm. we have Who's Your Caddy? Fourth District. Uh, seemed to me like Dan Duncan always offered a hand to the nine iron. Always the nine iron. What you need a caddy for if he always gonna give you the same club, huh? Hashtag. Who's your caddy? 
Who's your caddy? Um, wait, before that, you said something in the open that, that just struck me. You said Shoot. the demographics, more ladies than men, right? No, 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 okay. not more ladies than okay, men. Okay, just a lot of ladies. A, it's, okay. it's close to 50-50. Okay, all right. I mean, it's just, it's just when you're doing great things, all people progress. <laughs> Power to the people. Wakanda forever. That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you hey, do... We, if Black Panther proved one thing, is you have to have some strong ladies behind you if you're going to succeed in this world. That's all we're saying. We've been trying to tell dudes that from the jump, man. We have been. The upgrade, We've baby. We've been really the original Black Panther. Come on, dog. I've been trying to tell you for a long time, man. They Am just, I allowed to say that as a white man? Why not? You know what I'm saying? I, it's nothing, there's, nothing, there's nothing racial about making a statement about us being the real Black Panther, right? There's cool. nothing. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah you know. Now... No, you're good. You're okay. safe. You're, you know I, what I'm you saying? You thought about that for I had to think about, like, I mean, well, what are okay. the implications of yeah, this? Well, nah, you're good. No, I'm good. In, in my 30 I'm, I'm like the sidekick of the real Black Panther. There you I'll go. Just put it that you're way. Agent Ross. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's it. And um, we'll talk, not to get ahead of myself, there's a lot yeah. of ups we're, and downs. We're gonna, we're, are we going to avoid teasers in this in case people haven't seen it, or should they have seen it at this if point? If you haven't seen it by now and you're listening to this and you've clicked on it where it says Black Panther, you failed yourself. Because last week we gave you a little preview of, you know, yeah. Black Panther stuff. Yeah. And this week we're talking about it. That's so right. That's on you. Okay. So cool. fast forward or pause or go to Target after you see the movie and then tweet us. But <laughs> right now we're going in. We're going to dive more into the psychology, yep. less into like, this is what this, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play I'm by gonna do play. my best. I'm gonna do my best. It may not be play by play. It'll just be scenes or parts, sure. right? And themes and themes. Right. Yeah, we could do that. But first, we have like I like the bumper said a minute and a half ago. <laughs> who's your caddy? I couldn't let you go. I just, I just, it just struck me. Okay, right? well, that's fine. It's okay. your show. I'm just no. This is this is us, man. We just here. We the Black Panthers. Um. So last week, two weeks. Last week we talked about travel, right? Last episode we talked about travel. Or was that two episodes? Two episodes. Two episodes, ago. episodes ago. We talked last about episode, travel. We talked about entrepreneurship. We, we did talk about. Yes, which you need to check. Please do that. Um, tell a friend. So, I guess without saying, apparently we think through things and we don't think to mention certain things like do's and don'ts of travel, right? Sure. If you're on an airplane that is like a flying pill, it's like capsule, you know what I'm saying? It's a it's coffin. A, it's a flying coffin. There are do's and don'ts, right? And the major thing that I can think of on an airplane is the flatulence rule, right? <laughs> to thine self be true. Are you a guy who has loud, boisterous flatulence, or is it somewhere in the middle? Are you use silent joints? How, how are you generally? Generally yeah. silent and quite deadly. Okay, okay. I find myself, depending on what I eat, usually quiet, right? Um, only time that it may be loud is if it's like like major dairy involved and my stomach is about to go. You okay. know what I'm saying? But usually I can just get them out of out the way, hand them our business. In history, on airplanes... I have been able to release gases and be undetected. I was like, it must be the, the air up here. Something <laughs> happens that when I pass gas in airplanes, it just goes off without a hitch. The pressure is... Something. Yeah. Right? And if they are, like, you know, toxic, it's just, it doesn't leave me. It doesn't spread like like normal. You don't know that for sure. I don't know that. to strangers who it, aren't going to, like, call you out. Well, it depends. You might be right, because I definitely would be like, <laughs> whoa, what was that? Wow. You know, somebody's in here. Uh, what is it? Crop dusted. You know, I'm just that guy. I just, you know, don't do it again. you? <laughs> what? Excuse me, sir. I need you to go ahead and get that uh, probiotic going on. But so there was a guy on an airplane this past week who decided to take a flight and had all the gas. According to the reports, he was asked to stop releasing those toxins, and he wouldn't stop releasing those toxins, and fights break out on airplanes. <laughs> There's a fight that ensues because a guy refused after being asked politely, I assume, maybe the person was rude. Hey, could you please stop doing that? 
Now, can you give me one or two reasons why that would be acceptable for someone to say, hey, please stop, and you keep farting on the airplane? It's either they heard it or they smelt it, right? That's the only thing that could have happened, right? For sure. Okay, so what's an acceptable reason to keep going? And let's be honest, like, when you're on a plane, you're already slightly agitated because you're traveling, Mm -hmm. you're in a tight space that doesn't have a whole lot of room, and you're probably, especially on this specific flight, it was an international flight, Mm -hmm. so you're going to be on that flight for a while. Yes. So everyone's on edge. And so they're, they're really like, everyone should be very considerate of yes. those people around you. It yes. actually drives me nuts when someone like, I had a guy playing a game on the back of my like headrest <laughs> and he literally kept like tapping my seat and literally I've never wanted to murder someone. <laughs> like I wanted to murder this what like, game are you playing on the airplane? kid that's yeah. sitting behind me. Please find something else. Sudoku uh, in your book, please. Anything, yeah. anything. You have a phone. You have. Yeah. He's like playing like some dumb like you basically like Super NES oh, like gosh. old school. Come on, man. Like where you got to jump over yeah, like yeah, hurdles yeah. for an hour and a half. I'm like, dude, please stop. Anyway, yeah. so I understand mm-hmm. like people are ready to like snap mm-hmm. as is. So mm-hmm. uh, what I'm assuming actually happened mm-hmm. is it. This dude's probably started farting. Yeah. And it started happening enough mm-hmm. to where, like, they held it in, they held it in, they held it in, and then finally, like, bro, you got to stop. Right. Yeah. It probably, it probably went from zero to 100 real fast, <laughs> where it wasn't, like, the, the calm, like, yeah. please, man, will you yeah. stop this? It probably was, like, dude, I'm sitting next to you. Right. I'm two inches from you. Yeah. You got to stop yeah. letting it go. Mm-hmm. And it, And for whatever reason, this dude just... Didn't want to hear you that. Didn't want to hear it, bro. The only pass I give is like a baby and an old person. Yeah. There's no other reasons why you can't get up, go to the restroom, let let him go, or stay in there until you're done, and then come back out. I feel like there's a general rule of decency as a human being. Again, I know in some cultures, after you eat a good meal, you burp, right? Mm-hmm. Right? And that's a sign of respect and like, yo, that was a good meal. I just don't know any culture where farting on an airplane after someone has asked you to stop is, is customary. Like, yo, ha, oh, so by stop, you mean keep going. Like, I don't, is that, is that a thing I'm not aware of? Right. And it's, it, you know, like fighting on an airplane mm-hmm. is going to equal. Air marshals. Right. It's going to equal <laughs> landing plane. Yep. Like, you know, people getting off plane, yep. you stranded in a country you never intended to yep. be in. So why? Right. And it must, again, if somebody's going to get to the point where they know the repercussions of what's going to happen and they still, like, if I want to fight you on an airplane, I want to go to jail. Like, I, that's the only, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only recourse that's left after that. You know what's going to happen. Right. You're going to jail. So his gas was that bad that they were like, hey, you finna catch this fade, bro. And I'm whatever the repercussions are, this is, this is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, And then there's innocent bystanders who apparently got kicked off this plane too yeah some girls on their road like yo we don't have nothing to do with the fight oh well you gotta go too like what what did i do i'm just on the road with these people like i don't i held my peace i suffered (laughs) didn't do anything right and now i also have to leave yeah yeah here's the thing guys if you're on a plane Mm -hmm. just don't talk to people It's not a time to like get to know your neighbor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially if they have headphones on. That's if I get on gosh. a plane and I have headphones on, mm-hmm. it's a sign of don't effing talk to me. Yeah, pretty much. I'm in my own world. Yep. I don't want to talk to you. And then if they don't have headphones, it's like, sure, okay, some nice conversation mm-hmm. happens. Take off. After takeoff and after the seatbelt sign goes off, that means conversation Done. also goes off. Done. It's a wrap. Put your windows down. Mm-hmm. Let people sleep that want to sleep. Mm-hmm. Put your headphones in. Read a book. 
now you can text for free on most of these flights. Yeah, text yeah. your friends at home. You can flirt with chicks or guys swipe if you're right, a girl. Swipe right, right, right. Well, even on the plane, like some planes will like talk to person in seat twenty five C, and you can send a text message. Really? Yeah, man. Yeah. Huh. So that I mean that gives you more more impetus to walk around a little bit. Let me see what's happening. <laughs> Where's she at? Okay, twenty five F. I see you. Right, right. What's happening, guys? That's interesting. Yeah. Next plane, Bloody Mary on me. Planes and dating apps. Um, <laughs> who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah, man. This is this this is silly. Yep, it is. It's but but again, the dumbassery. This is why we exist because guys don't seem to get it that there are levels to the game and everything in life. Airplane rules. If you're gonna travel, if you took our advice and you're getting credit cards and earning points and all the other stuff and you're traveling, know the rules and don't be like this is random. That one lady who got who's losing her ninety thousand dollar a year job because she was a a a, a douchebag to someone on the airplane, like. Why are you on an airplane spazzing on people and people are recording you and you're important, like your job is important, like, and you're going to get, this is going to get posted somewhere and you're done. It's 2018, bro. People are ready to record anything on anything, a plane. Anything. There are so many phones and the second drama starts to happen, yep. people pull them out and start recording because they're like, this is going to get a yep. lot of retweets. Yep. 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 So here yep. we go. Here we go. I'll watch any video that has a plane in it. <laughs> yeah, for real. Because I'm like, something happened. Somebody's getting drug out. You see that dude that got knocked unconscious that refused to give up his seat and they drug him off the airplane, bro. Like, this is this is the world we live in, man. And, and you wonder why, like, like the training these people yeah. probably failed to go through yep. because in no world in this day and age, unless you're a police officer, apparently mm-hmm. can you <laughs> injure someone and not face incredible repercussions? That's it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Unless you can claim that they had a knife or a razor or something and, and you, you fear were for the life. right, right outside of that. It's a de- again, if you, if you're, if you are a TSA, not TSA, they're not on planes. If you're a, a, a stewardess, right? Um, if you're a passenger, if you decide to put hands on anyone or getting to any verbal or physical altercation, you want to go to jail. Like that's the bottom line. If we can't explain this to guys anymore, you want to go to jail. Do what you have to do to get on the plane. Be cool, calm, and collected. Sip on something. Hit your headphone, put your headphones in, take a night quill, whatever you need to do to make sure that this flight is peaceful and you wake up in your destination, do what you got to do. Yes. Bottom line. I would love, if we have a stewardess or pilot yeah. or whoever that listens to our podcast, I would love to hear stories <laughs> of like the craziness that you've endured. Because like you fly on a plane, I like fairly often yeah, i fly yeah. on planes fairly often but not nearly as much as like obviously a stewardess yeah, yeah. and i'm sure they see everything and smell everything and <laughs> bro um you said something just a second ago talking yeah. about like violence or whatever yeah. that i'm gonna pivot real quick yeah. before we we get done with uh who's your caddy there's apparently a law being passed in mm. alabama hmm with the school shootings that just happened mm-hmm. that now they are like fast tracking a law that teachers can now conceal carry oh, geez, <laughs> in schools like Arkansas, the, you say Alabama, Alabama, where else would this be? Right. Law be I, I think I just wanted it not to Alabama. be in Alabama, right? It was Texas, Alabama, or unfortunately our state in Georgia yeah. concealed it, carry. Like on one hand, like I do think that unfortunately mm-hmm. there would probably be one or two potential like school shootings that were happening that someone who is well trained mm-hmm. and also is carrying a weapon mm-hmm. could probably on some level end not prevent yeah. but yeah. but end, end. Yeah. And, and still in violence still yeah. ending it in violence yeah. but that's like five percent two percent of what has become a yeah. fairly large number of school shootings mm-hmm. going on around the country mm-hmm. 
So, bro, what are we thinking adding more fuel to the fire? And I'm someone, again, all cards on table, have a concealed carry permit, Mm -hmm. carry a weapon on Mm -hmm. a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. But, again, I'm in the camp that's kind of a growing camp, it seems, of people who fall into those categories Mm -hmm. who are willing to say, if I can do anything to prevent Mm -hmm. the next school shooting, give up my weapon, not not conceal carry mm-hmm. it is not worth it right it's not worth a life it's not worth the next person yeah. but what what why the race to arms do you think because we let's be diplomatic all right why no. what the hell are we doing here i'm gonna we're... be well i just in this it. i don't know why I just a diplomatic spirit just came over okay, me, okay. right right maybe you should listen so so there is a there is a a people in this country who believe that the more guns that are present the less crime happens, right? And, and they'll, sure. they'll quote the statistics from whatever that county is in Georgia where every homeowner is required. Kennesaw, yeah. Kennesaw is that Kennesaw? Yeah. Every homeowner is required to carry a gun and there's less crime. Not to mention everybody's rich in Kennesaw pretty much. You know what I'm saying? I don't know right. not about everybody, right? But I feel like this, if I move into Kennesaw, I'm not worried about gun violence, right? I'm right. not worried about my house getting kicked, my doors getting kicked in, sure. right? So that's besides the point. So somehow, some way, the culture we've created, NRAs and everybody else, or whatever it happens, right? The idea becomes, hey, if a teacher or all teachers have guns, if someone comes on campus with a gun, we will be able to, what? Or if everybody knows that, hey, that school, all the teachers are strapped, they better not shoot that school up, that'll prevent, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, And th- here's the deal is we can't train our teachers to teach. Right. How are we going to train our teachers to de-escalate situations with where guns are involved? So you're trying to use logic. You're trying to use logic. Like, you're trying I to make put sense. Hundreds of hours into mm-hmm. training with like the weapon I have to yeah. like be thought like to be in stressful situations yeah. and be thoughtful about what I'm doing mm-hmm. and not having to worry about the fact that I'm also holding a weapon. Teachers can't keep from fighting students. I know, bro. <laughs> so what are we talking about? You're it trying to use sense. It doesn't make any sense to say that these teachers will be trained enough because what's going to happen is what we currently have as a police problem, which mm-hmm. is they're, they'll fear for their lives. Mm-hmm. They'll pull their weapon. Mm-hmm. The situation will escalate. They'll further fear for their lives yeah. if someone charges them or yeah. you know they fear for their lives mm-hmm. and they try to get the gun out of the teacher's hands. Yeah. Trigger gets pulled. Teacher shoots a kid. And now we're, you know, right. It, it, there's going to be a, a grand jury that mm-hmm. doesn't indict someone mm-hmm. for a teacher who. And there's a riot at school and it's all, it breaks loose, right? This is classic, don't do that, bro, to yeah. the white men in that <laughs> state Senate that are trying to fast track this bill. Is like, mm-hmm. we, we as a country need to have common sense when it comes to gun ownership and where guns are allowed and not allowed. And really, it should honestly stop at your home, your car, and that's your person. Your person. Yeah. In, yeah. In a public in public places, places. right? Not at school. And not in a church. That, not in a bar. Even that's a little bit weird to me. Like I kind of like pretty much carry like from my home to my car. Mm-hmm. From I it stays in my car mm-hmm. and then back in. Well, my I'm talking home. about if you're going to some city area or you're doing something like right. if you have a job, if you're security, you know, you're carrying it on your person while you're doing your job sure. or. And that, that's you know what, what I carry too is when yeah. I'm on a film set right. and less and there's hundreds of thousands of dollars of yeah. gear around and we're yeah. in a public place. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's typically. Right. And again, never do I hope that I ever have to pull it out. Mm-hmm. And you're again, you're just adding. I know that there is a fine line between prevention mm-hmm. and just adding what could go from a bad situation to a, a, a atrocity. I stopped carrying my P-51 
pistol here with my carry permit in Georgia when I almost got into a shootout in Burger King parking lot. And I'm just like, I realized, like, I went home crying. I was like, yo, I was moments away from being on First 48 because I decided that when I pulled up to the parking lot, I pulled, I'm pulled. i from Cali, yep. you know, you pull into a drive-thru, you leave space. You might have to dip out of there. You don't just get on the bumper of somebody in a drive-thru, right? Drive-bys happens, you get carjacked, whatever, right? So I give space. This guy pulls into his truck. He looks at me and laughs, right? There's, there's people in the front of him or in front of me. Uh, and he pulls in diagonally because he can't get like directly in front like a whole car length, right? So it's just, like he just puts his front in and to let me know that he's gonna keep going when he can, right? Like bully me or whatever. Then there's people in the front, the car in front of him that's in a truck bed and they're laughing at me. Ah, this dude just got punked or whatever. So I was like, oh, okay, I know how to remedy this situation. <laughs> such and such was on the car in the seat next to me, put it in my lap. They're in the SUV, so I think he kind of saw what I did and he kind of looked at me and he was like, man, you lucky I don't feel like going this time. And I was like, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I don't feel like going this time. <laughs> All right, cool. So I kind of put the thing back, hit reverse, got out of there. And I just wept, man, because I was like, bro, like, this is how you end up on First 48. Somebody does something to you. You have weapon, gives courage. You have access to this thing. Mm-hmm. Pop, 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 pop. Hey, man, why you in, man? I was in Burger King line, man. This dude cut in front of me. Now I'm done. It, Life over. It, re- it really is, dude. Yeah. It really is. Uh, it, it accelerates situations so quickly. The one one time my weapon got pulled was um, some kids, man, some kids. So there was a moving truck mm-hmm. that um, w- had pulled up. And so these kids, man, I think honestly were, it was summertime. Mm-hmm. They were looking for a quick, yeah. like simple score. Quick lick is what we call them. And uh, so they tried to come help my wife with the groceries that mm-hmm. she was carrying in. Mm-hmm. And my neighbor kind of saw the situation, mm-hmm. maybe profiled, maybe didn't, mm-hmm. and walked over and was like, hey, I'm going to help her. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he grabbed the groceries and, and just because he didn't feel good about the situation. His gut was right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that's always right, but yeah. his gut was right. And so <laughs> apparently since the, those kids didn't feel like that was going to be their score, mm-hmm. they went and ran over to the moving truck that had just parked and p- jumped into the moving truck. Right and, in front of them, in front of your wife and your neighbor. Yeah, she's kids, bro. And so, yeah. and and like tried to put it in drive, but like couldn't uh, for whatever reason. And yeah. so, my neighbor, who also always always carries, mm-hmm. like was like, "Hey, you need to stop." Mm-hmm. These kids had a bag with them too, mm-hmm. so they take off up the street. Mm-hmm. I I'm coming out of my house at yeah. that point in time because I'm hearing Greg. Greg never comes in my yeah, house. Greg's yeah. in my house. What's going on? So I see Greg take off, mm-hmm. see him pull his like gun out of his waistband. Yeah. Like mine has was sitting on my desk, so mm-hmm. I like grabbed it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah. But my neighbor is running with his gun out, so I'm gonna go help my neighbor. <laughs> Hysteria has ensued. <laughs> and so I run yeah. up the street. So it's like basically a left hand turn. Mm-hmm. So Greg's standing at the at the like the corner, and mm-hmm. I'm coming up the street mm-hmm. where I can't see the corner, but I come. I see him cock his gun mm. i'm like oh n- like yeah. what is happening i see those kids pull out sawed off out of this bag mm. and basically the, everyone's like everyone's pointing guns yeah, yeah yeah and i just start screaming just go just go just go like yeah. and they just turn off and run like kept running mm. um because i was like no one this is this is how this is how yeah. someone dies yeah, yeah yeah and i had the same feeling coming back like I wish, like, I didn't need a weapon to de-escalate that situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just needed to be there, be present, and be like, "This isn't gonna end well. You need to go. Like, yeah. just go. Yeah, yeah, just go. Yeah, like, no yeah. one's trying to kill you. No yeah. one's trying to kill. Like, you know, don't try to kill me. Like, just go." Mm-hmm. But guns, man. 
so the solution yeah. is not having more guns to, to to stop gun violence, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't like I, me having a gun. I think mm-hmm. did not affect their decision to right. turn and go the other right. direction. Right. It was me saying you have the freedom to leave. Yeah. Leave. Yeah. No one's calling the cops. No yeah. one's trying to make you stay here and get yeah. arrested. Just yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, and so, man, I hope those kids. I hope they got rid of that gun. Mm-hmm. I hope they were scared. And you know, didn't ever attempt that again. That's yeah. my hope. But yeah, 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 man. No, it's, it's wild, bro. Like you just see, this is why Wakanda forever. But you just see what happens when people get devices that they don't need. When guns are present, like again, Georgia, you can have guns now in, in bars and churches, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying. And then these are in places where the things aren't even happening. Like uh, what what you call it was in South Carolina. You know, these other things are in different places. Like church shootings, they don't. It's not everyday and commonplace. You know right. what I'm saying? And it's just like. It's 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 nine eleven all over again. Nine eleven happens. We still don't know who did it. We don't know if it was Bush or Al Qaeda or this person or that person. But then you get the Patriot Act right after that, right? Yep. So what happens with the Patriot Act? You can arrest people for up to seventy two hours, and nobody has to know they're arrested. If you don't have ID on you, you're getting arrested. Um, you get you know all these passport things that have that come about. The uh, airport security changes, which airport security necessarily wasn't a bad thing. But then you have uh the who are the people that tap your phones the um uh the communications NSA. nsa right so now nsa has all these privileges where they can tap into your phone check your emails blah 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 blah, blah and you lose freedoms yep so as, a, as as opposed to responding in a way that made sense we just gave congress and the president and the powers that be all these powers over us to do these things that now we're like oh shoot i wish we hadn't done it. so that's what we're going to do now I'll, now when these gun things respond we just load up everybody Right, and so everybody's just pointing guns at everybody, and everybody's just shooting. Yep. You know what I mean, oh, because that, because I guess when everybody's dead, then you can't shoot anybody anymore. I guess, right? Is that is that how it works? I, uh, <laughs> it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to like totally take nah, this bro. to a serious note, but it's yeah. it's interesting how like everyone, man, it, <laughs> common sense gun law seems mm-hmm. to be something that's gaining a lot of traction, but it's just common sense in life, y'all. But the thing they're blaming it on mental illness is the problem, right? So it all becomes not because people shouldn't have assault rifles because there's not an assault rifle isn't a hunting rifle nobody says i'm gonna go you know you don't you don't hunt with an assault rifle right so the excuses sure. that is for hunting and blah, blah 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 no it's to assault things it's to make sure people have enough holes in them that they can't respond in kind for sure you know what i'm saying and so you can't and so now the narrative becomes mental health mental health mental health sleight of hand like politics like politicians always do and so now it becomes anybody with some mental health issue can't carry a weapon anymore all right yeah, and I, honestly, I think that the solution to this is people of color and, like, people who practice Islam mm-hmm. join the NRA. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you see what happened when the Black Panther Party had shotguns in, uh, the, what is it, the Sacramento, the state building, right? Yeah. Oh, we got to have some new gun laws. Why? They didn't do anything. Nobody was getting shot. They weren't putting right. weapons on anybody. But the fact of the matter is we had armed black that, men. That is, that is the only way yeah. that I think you have this echo chamber of white elite Mm -hmm. or maybe not elite maybe just white lower to all the way up to middle like upper middle class Mm -hmm. where it's this group of people that feels like they are a tribe and they are there to protect themselves and whatever against the world or whatever Mm -hmm. i think the only way to say is like i to basically either create a constitutional issue by them not letting you in Mm -hmm. or joining listen i would take droves of my muslim friends to the nearest nra office today tomorrow whenever you're listening i'm ready to go and we just gonna sign up why not yeah why Why not not? why not i'm down for that because at that point in time i think it loses a lot of its power yeah 
Uh, and Full it, garb too. We going. We, everybody's dressed. I'm wearing my Wakanda Forever <laughs> dashiki, and you can wear whatever you got. And we going, man. Yeah. So, um, that's my solution at least. Yeah, it, bro. That's that is a great solution. That's a great solution. <laughs> Maybe we may find out that's real wrong here in a little bit. But anyway, that's who's your caddy, and we are about to dive into Wakanda, the psychology behind Wakanda, the psychology behind Black Panther. But first. This episode of Don't Do That Bro is brought to you by Eastlick Coffee, a coffee roasting company serving specialty coffees that are unique yet familiar, complex, and comforting, featuring diverse origins that are delicious and approachable. Use the code FOURTH, that's F-O-R-T-H, to get 40% off your first bag of coffee. Head over to eastlickcoffee.com. Use that code, guys. Eastlick Coffee, uh, they are amazing. Who's your caddy? Fourth District. Seem to me like Dan Duncan always offered a hand to the nine iron. Always the nine iron. What you need a caddy for if he always gonna give you the same club, huh? Hashtag. Who's your caddy? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, women and men of all shapes and sizes, don't do that, bro. Um, listen, I'm not about ruining people's lives. I'm about making it better, right? I don't always have the most brilliant things to say, but when I do, they, you know, I do, you know? What we're about to embark on today is about narratives. It's about creating and living in a narrative that is your own, that is something that is unique to you, that's something that's important to you, and not allowing the world, your church, your pastor, your mama, your grandpa, your best friend, your husband, your auntie, your cousin, your wife, to give to you an ideal of who you are based on what they want for you. We want guys to build a life that's based on being them being the best guy they can be. That's right. Not who somebody else wants them to be, some ideas that somebody has for them, but who you actually are, being in tune with who you are, and moving in that direction, i.e. T'Challa, i.e. Black Panther, i.e. Wakanda forever. Okay. You know what I'm saying? We have met a man. I've, been, I've met this man a long time ago. Side note, I don't know if y'all listen to me, on Twitter. I don't listen to myself very often. I don't tweet very often these days. But I said, shout out to all the blurs who were blurs before it was cool to be a blurred, right? Black nerd, right? These new blurs that have popped up, we kind of talked about last week, that are just riding this wave, congratulations. Again, I'm mad because you've driven up the prices for the merchandising, for the comic books. It's cool, whatever, it'll cool off. But my thing is, you have to understand beyond a shadow of a doubt that this precipice that has we have approached with this black panther situation is not about some leftist agenda to i don't know further decry that black people are victims right it's, it's, and 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 finally have a who a hero that that arises out of the ashes like a phoenix to come save us right this is not what this is about right can we put that on the table sure i've seen enough of that right you, i haven't actually seen oh, that I've, argument i've seen plenty of of I try to ignore them because I don't care about these things anymore, but I've seen so many like counter arguments from people who are just like going in on false historical facts of Black Panthers and the Black Panther Party, Marvel, left agenda, this and that, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, like, I need you to have a seat. I need you to sit down somewhere and get your life together. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's just agenda stuff or whatever. But long story short, the, the, the representation that is brought to you by Marvel and Disney and writers and directors and actors and actresses and musicians um, is bigger than just what meets the eye. And that's what I'm here to kind of help process cool. in, in a moment. But first we have to get to your, you know what I'm saying, uh, 
your your thoughts your what you've gathered thus far so that i can get angry and then we can fight yeah no i <laughs> i have no i have nothing negative to say it was you incredible should. you should if you have some it, no i mean I, I like it was different in the best way possible mm-hmm. that i thought that i thought it was gonna be i kind mm-hmm. of just thought it was gonna be another marvel movie with mm-hmm. a black main character yeah. um who uh kind of you know played this you know savior role and mm-hmm. i was gonna be cool with that um but it was so much more than that. It like the twists and turns that it took, um, the way that uh, it, you know, really stays true to like the fact that it's like in Africa mm-hmm. by African people, mm-hmm. um, not and like really doesn't n- like lean heavily on a famous like white actor mm-hmm. or anything like that to kind of play the foil or or you know anything like that they really kind of just stay true to this like plot line and i can't wait for the prequel because i think the prequel is going to be there are they really going to do that i think so i had this kind of argument with my wife and i was like there's no reason to do it. they've already destroyed the real like comic book timeline and who he was and i'm like prequel him and his girlfriend dancing in the fields when they're young like his relationship with his dad maybe okay blah blah blah. like they i don't know i just feel like they'd have to conjure so much up but i don't want to steal your thunder okay. i don't anyway. want to spoil that for you I, you know, again, I think they did an incredible mm-hmm. job. Um, you know, my biggest, you know, maybe question mark mm-hmm. to walking away when this is something we talked in pre-show is has nothing to do with the movie and mm-hmm. has more to do with like the psychology of the reaction that I see from my African American friends. Um, that again, I think it's awesome that like droves and droves of people. Their number it's number five or six in like the all time record mm-hmm. of breaking box box office records. I think all of that is great, but I think one thing it concerns me, and I don't necessarily it's not an indictment on those who are excited about mm-hmm. Black Panther. It's more an indictment on like us as a culture and a society, is that this is what like African Americans in this country have to get excited about. Yeah, like. They get what they have to get excited about is a fake place, mm-hmm. an imaginary place mm-hmm. that does like hold true the the like and embodies kind of the culture that they wish was put on display for mm-hmm. the world to appreciate and the world to see. Yeah. So I get that the I get the pride placed in it, but you know I I want more because we're going to talk about identity mm-hmm. and narrative mm-hmm. here in a second. Like I want more than an imaginary place for my like black brother like friends i guarantee you're not you're not alone in that i'm pretty sure i want more than an imaginary place i'm sure my kids will my wife does my family but unfortunately this is where this is where we are in 2018 and let's talk about that because i think it's it's a question mark right because and it's something that you've helped me see over time Mm -hmm. but like as someone who probably you know goes very deep into my mm. Scottish roots and like mm. holds true to that. And that's part of my narrative and part of why I believe I can be successful mm. is because I'm a, like the grandson of an immigrant, like, mm-hmm. and like built, you know, I like my grandfather built a business from nothing. So I like, I have these examples that I can kind of hold up and say like, this is part of my narrative. This yeah. is where I come from. And it, these opportunities are, are opportunities for, for me as well, because I've seen like, you know, my forefathers pursue them. But for me again, like it seems kind of hard for me to swallow that, like to grasp a hold of this imaginary fictional story as Mm -hmm. someone's heritage and, and, you know, and so much pride coming from it. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't think it's an indictment on the viewers. I just think that 
it puts a question mark like what is the what is it's a little bit like a drug right mm-hmm. um, the question i would like to pose is is black panther like a drug that makes you feel good in the short term because it gives you this positive view of your heritage and this positive view of where you come from but in reality it is based in fiction so is there long-term benefit benefits to it yeah before we get to that aspect i'm gonna do narratives from that aspect of the narrative from blurred right so let's go first so as a person who's known more than a lot of people about black panther for not just since last week right (laughs) right and being um a person who in narrative creation couldn't be himself growing up in West Covina, California and Ontario, California um, in the early in being from the 80s, mid 90s, late 90s. Right. Um, I had to choose and I may have said this before on this show between being Theo Huxable and Tupac. Right. Have you heard me say that before? Sure. Right. So the thing is, neither of them were John Parker. Hmm. Right. But because when I needed to put on Theo so that the cops didn't jack me or teachers let me pass or, you know, I didn't get jumped by essays or when I had to put on pop because I was about to get jumped by essays or I was trying to do, get away from the police or whatever. Like I couldn't be just be myself in these situations. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've always liked comic books. My, the, fir- the first comic book I ever bought was an Archie comic book in a grocery store. Just because it was like a cartoon. You ever heard her Archie? Yeah, absolutely. Archie, Jughead, yeah. Betty, Veronica, all so of them, it's right? It's in newspapers and right. stuff as well. Yeah, right. So this is not new to me, right? And never having any representation whatsoever is has been problematic or very little or sidekick or buffoonery, buffoonery, right? So the problem with majority culture is that majority culture doesn't understand that representation matters because you're represented everywhere, all day, every day. For sure. Right. Um, and not excluding you because you have a Scottish heritage, right? You know For what I'm sure. saying? That no, is- no, no, no. I, I, I have no problem like having heroes, fictional yeah. or real, growing yeah, yeah, yeah. up. Yeah. I'm just saying that the idea is like, on if it was like, maybe not necessarily today, but there was a point in time where Scottish people probably weren't considered white in America, right? For sure. And they were picking potatoes and doing all this other stuff, like you know, your Irish cousins, mm-hmm. y'all cousins. Is that is that a safe assumption to make? Yeah, sure. So, you know? Just the same as you know. <laughs> South America and Nigeria are the same. <laughs> there you go. Right. So everybody had their dues that they put in in America. South before. America, South South Africa. I just I let you, I let it slide. Man. I don't want you to have to get in trouble. Uh, I'll I'll do that. So so but the idea is that at one point in time here in America, white skin didn't equal white for sure. Right. You know there what was, I'm saying? Yeah, there was caveats to right, everything. Right. So nowadays, growing up, me in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, not having representation that was uplifting. Right that was beneficial that was that was wholly acceptable on a uh world level you know what i'm saying was was problematic and it created a situation where john parker couldn't be john parker where Hmm. i had to choose fictional character a theo huxtable fictional character well i guess he's a real character but he was maybe putting on some characters some fiction himself tupac right you know what i'm saying neither one of them were me neither one of them were my authentic experience all the way and i had to choose right so you follow me with this whole fictional piece and why fiction matters right and why representation matters um so what happens then after that is you get you, you come across a situation where you're thirsty and you're hungry and you're dying on the inside for something someone a person to make you feel like you matter so historically, we got, you know, uh, 
Carter G. Woodson's, we got um, Frederick Douglass's, we got, uh, you know, Sojourner Truths, we got, you know, Martin Luther King's, Malcolm X's, Marcus Garvey's, you know, all these different people, past, past, present, current Obama, you know, President Barack Obama, right? So those people exist. Those people are real. They become past, so it becomes a book. It becomes something you read. It's almost like fiction because you don't have anybody that's tangible, right? In that lifetime, I don't have a Martin, I don't have a Malcolm, right? Then there's Barack Obama, but he's the president of the United States, and he doesn't have the same background as me, so that's not real. So then as a blurred, who's been a blurred, and I finally have somebody whose books I resonated with, Black Panther destroyed apartheid. He fought the Klan. Um, he fought, he didn't really have the best run when it came to supervillains. Like, he had, he fought Namor. Who who even knows who Namor is? Like, nobody cares about the lost city of the land. Right, exactly, right? Um, and Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom was probably his biggest you know what I'm saying, nemesis at one point in time, not a friends now, right? So seeing somebody that you rock with, that you resonate with, that you wish that this persona is somebody that you could be because you his fights and the things that he goes through and, and his lust, not lust, for love for country, love for countrymen, love for making sure that his people are taken care of at the fault of not interceding internationally, right? You know, that's Wakanda's thing, right? They just mm-hmm. keep to themselves. But the idea that somebody that you feel like principally and on a level that you wish you could emulate exists when you finally see that in a form that's decent on a movie screen that's a part of a marvel comic universe that you know is like legit you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like it just does something to their soul right yeah um my soul anyway For i'm just sure. saying you know what i'm saying well, it's clearly that's done something to a lot of people's souls right? yeah yeah and so then it becomes the Again, I'm just speaking. Well, I guess I kind of mix in both, but just really the blurred, the blurred idea of like, yo, this ain't fiction. <laughs> this who's who? Why is this fiction? You know what I'm saying? It's okay. only fiction because it's a comic book. It's only fiction because it's a comic book character. But nothing that it represents is fiction. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it it it's it outside of maybe vibranium. You know what I'm saying, right. or whatever the case may be. What black person doesn't want to feel like they came from a place that was uncolonized, right? That had, that was advanced in 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 technology, that was advanced in math and sciences, that was advanced in um, compassion and human care and, and taking care of people, and rich right? in resources, which is a very right. real thing, right? Africa, math, science, resources, uh, Egypt, Kemet, Ethiopia, like all these things that get whitewashed over time and become South e- e- uh, Europe. You know what I'm saying? Like North Africa is like South Europe. You know, all these things. Yeah, like Morocco yo, would be considered you know a european country yeah yeah um and so it's just one of those things where the idea of what it represents yes it may come in a fictional form but there's nothing fictional about what it represents and what it has been and somebody that studied african-american history right past Mm -hmm. present and future when i was in school as an undergraduate as my degree as my major like yo this is like the embodiment of all the lies that have been or told and all the truths that have been kept from me for years Hmm. you know what i'm saying and like yo if there was a place that i would want to be it's wakanda forever yeah you know what i'm saying sure i hope i sold that no no that's good so tell me like for and obviously Mm -hmm. for you to speak as like the collective consciousness Mm -hmm. of like african americans isn't possible right but for you personally like talk about the the narrative that you know does this is this a step in the right direction or is this just a band-aid that you know we'll mm-hmm. we'll kind of slide backslide into the narrative that has been told mm-hmm. which is Africa was saved mm-hmm. by missionaries mm-hmm. and like and any and the you know the colonization of Africa was really you know the best thing that ever happened, happened to, to it uh-huh. and it brought it, the Christianity mm-hmm. and and so on and so forth like which is all false but 
Absolutely. Right. The, I'm talking about the, the yeah, false no, no, narrative yeah, yeah, that yeah, no, exists yeah. And, and, and has existed. Do you think that this actually, for people who are not African-American, mm-hmm. actually will help them to see the true narrative or at least ask questions of what the true narrative is? Or do mm-hmm. you feel like this movie really only serves the African-American community to give them pride to say, we can't, like, here's, here's the true narrative. Mm-hmm. We know it. It doesn't matter if anyone else knows it. Well, you got to look at one thing in particular, or a couple things. The first thing is that the reason why Black Panther was allowed to exist is because it was fictional, right? Wakanda was a fictional place. And so whatever he did didn't really matter because it wasn't really a thing, right? right. The intersect happened because um, Black Panther as a comic started right around the same time as the Black Panther Party kind of had the big, uh, I think it was Stokely Carmichael in 66, I'm black and I'm proud, black power as an established like moniker of the of the Black Panther movement or whatever. So there was a point in time where they changed the name of Black Panther to comic books, I think the Black Leopard or something like that to try to distance themselves because it was too real. Because it was too much like real life. Yeah. And this black powerful man who's all smart, who's all knowing, who does all these wonderful things that all has this technology and his people are great. I don't know if Stan Lee got nervous. I don't know if Kirby got nervous. I don't know if Marvel and their backers got nervous, but they were trying to distance themselves. So you follow me like yeah. when it becomes too much like real life or in real life things are happening, uh, we got to distance ourselves or whatever, right? But I think when it comes to uh, uh, espousing, is that the right word? White guilt or... Um, helping white people understand the struggle, da 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 da. I think this movie did a, a good job of throwing jabs, right? The colonizers, the this, that, and other thing. Uh, kill, 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 uh, Killmonger's whole reason for doing what he did, his daddy's reason for doing what he did, right? If people don't know history and they don't know facts, it's just a movie to them, right? Sure. So I don't think this movie is gonna make anybody woke, quote unquote, right? Maybe some non-black person that's unaware of what's going on, unless they do some research or unless they already had. I don't know, some idea of what was going on. Right, 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 right. I think because of the nature of it, right, this is not going to be the movie that uh, helps people come to understand life of mm-hmm. African Americans and African people, period, or the diaspora of Africans around the world, right? Sure. Um, and then part of that, even the way the movie was played and the way it was played out, Black Panther in the comic book, his sister wasn't this super genius that was creating all the weaponry, right? Black Panther was all encompassed of that dude and he was all everything and you couldn't see him and he was a murderer and it wasn't no conversation, not a murderer, but he would protect his and protect his family. He will find you. Ain't no conversations. He ain't, he was a sucker. He was soft in his movie. I felt like he was harder in, uh, was it Civil War? Uh, was that where he mm-hmm. showed up? Yep. He was harder than that because he tracked the dude down that he thought killed his daddy. Yeah. Right. And he was willing to go blow to blow with a uh, winter soldier. Like this is not, this is happening. I'm yeah. getting you. Right. Yep. And this one was more of him coming to know himself and being the king as an adult. And he didn't, in the comic book, he became king as a, a teenager or whatever. So I think the idea what happens is that you still can't have Killmonger win. Because Killmonger is why everybody was like, yo, I really felt Killmonger and I wish he hadn't died. And I really didn't care about Black Panther dying because Killmonger is the one I wanted to win because he was Martin. I mean, he was Malcolm. Yeah. Black Panther was Martin. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So you have this level of where you have this safe Wakandan that's going to do right and not let the weapons get out and not destabilize the economies and make sure that everything stays right. What happens here affects everywhere. Right, you know what I'm saying? But you have this other guy that's like, yo, no, F that, man. It's been too long where my people have been oppressed and we finna rise up. So that guy has to die. You know what I'm saying? So even that, like those type of narratives, I don't think people like on the inside will check themselves and say, man, why is it that as a white person, I was happy when Killmonger died? You know what I'm hmm. saying? Why was, I, why was I happy when Safe T'Challa came and saved the day? You know what I'm saying? Because they, there's no, there's, they're out of touch with that part of the... the do, you th- do you think African-Americans viewing it have that same inc- like, you know, uh, ability to tap into what you just said, mm-hmm. 
by are are they also excited when they when the safe you know king wins most people i know was like yo i, I, I wish killmonger would have been that dude you know what i'm saying again yeah. because they made black they neutered black panther right for again for people that are familiar with black panther right or like nah bro you know what i'm saying like come on you took his characteristics it's fine i'm glad that his sister got the love i want my daughter to ascribe to, to be in stem to do science and technology and engineering math and science like i wanted to do that i want little girls to dress up as a door millage for 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 halloween and see powerful black women and strong black women and all of that but again t'challa as a strong black man as a wakandan as an african man was neutered and i think that if um i think I think I'm answering your question that yeah. like, like I think that people that the collective consciousness of woke quote unquote black people or whatever word you want to use, recognize Kumonger as the guy that had to die to make white people feel safe. Hmm. You know, does that make sense to yeah. you? And I think that again, I had a, I have a friend of mine who is not familiar with black Panther at all. And I was like, dude, why did you see the movie? Like you needed to do some research and he left out like not feeling connected to black Panther at all. T'Challa, T'Challa, T'Challa had no resonance in his heart and he wanted killmonger to win of course you know he has his issues with white folks and some other stuff that he has going on in his life for sure but he was he was he was he felt let down like he he would have been happy with killmonger winning at the end and then black panther having to come back in part two you know what i'm saying yeah. at least let let killmonger do what he do for a little bit you know what i'm saying destabilize some things shake some stuff up and then you can come back and get your wakanda back you know what i mean so two questions mm-hmm. really and i'm gonna stick with the destabilization mm-hmm. and like that that narrative of you know, wanting to watch something burn, yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, this is something that, like, even getting into uh, The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. there was a part of me that with the Joker, yeah. like, I, like, while I do think in some ways he is a representation of Satan mm-hmm. in some ways, mm-hmm. um, I also, like, identify with when he burns all the money. Yeah. And that's part of my background is, like, I, I've seen money destroy things mm-hmm. in my lifetime mm-hmm. and I, I, I really I see Monday money as clay chips and, mm-hmm. and so when I saw that money burn, uh, I was like, Man, he's not all bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have ev- like so don't hear me say that I think that people who want to destabilize mm-hmm. things and turn things over, turn tables over mm-hmm. and, you know, shake it up, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But for the sake of the conversation, mm-hmm. do you not have an issue with someone like Killmonger mm-hmm. who, if he had one, mm-hmm. like in you know real life mm-hmm. or in this imaginary world, mm-hmm. do you have an issue with like the collateral damage that mm-hmm. would take place? I wouldn't have in my 20s, early 20s, um, late teens. But now that I know that people get power just so they can be in power and not make sure that power is equally distributed, right? They just want to be the one that's pulling the button, pushing the buttons, pulling the triggers, feeling good about themselves. And no, I would be disappointed because, again, being older and wiser, like you talk about like women's rights and LGBTQ stuff and this, that, and other thing. Oftentimes, the problem because the problem becomes it's not about turning the institution upside down. For the sake of making sure that when it's upside down, everything becomes equilateral. It's the fact that when I was on the bottom, I was on the bottom. If I turn it upside down, now I'm on the top and I have the power and I have the rule and I can put people under my thumb like I was under their thumb. And that's the problem with Killmonger is like, yo, he just wanted he wanted to. I don't even know if he wanted to make things right more so than he wanted people to feel his wrath Mm. and suffer the same consequences that his people had suffered for all those hundreds of years. And that becomes problematic. Yeah. I, again, as the point in time, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. My thing would have been for him. He's like, yo, we're just going to get ourselves out of the situations we find ourselves in and then 
go back to like a segregated situation where we either come back to Wakanda or some other place and just let, you know what I'm saying? Let people, let people be, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. More so than come and, and hurt and shoot and kill and maim and do all other stuff. So coming out of this, like, I think one theme that kind of was very prevalent to Mm -hmm. me is the Afrocentrism Mm -hmm. and like, Hey, let's be, let's be us here. Let's Mm -hmm. have our, like our walls and let's take care of us. And, you know, we'll hold back from, you know, really affecting the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Is that something is that an option for you in this, in like, in, if you, if, mm-hmm. jo- if John has control mm-hmm. of the whole world, mm-hmm. is that something that you would be a proponent for? I can't, I'm a, I'm for the people, bro. I mean, if it's the Jesus factor or whatever, I've just, I just, I've been too many, I've been to every continent, but Antarctica and I've seen people suffer at the, again, I talk about it all the time in Scotland, poor white people suffering at the hands of rich white people. I've yeah. seen tribalism. I've seen, although that's not the proper word to use, but that's the only word I have right now. Um, you know, and I've seen people oppress old people people of the same shade, the same color, but mm-hmm. the different tribes or whatever. So I, for me, if you can't help, you help, right? Um, but you have to realize at some point in time, people have that are ethnicities want to help the people that look like them, that feel like them, that sound like them because when they've been down for so long, right? For sure. And so I'm like, man, is that a situation where it's home first? I wouldn't have been mad again if Killmonger was like, yo, I'm the king now. We're going to make sure resources get sent. So that everybody's good, kind of like at the end of the movie where they mm-hmm. build a STEM situation in the, in Oakland or whatever. But as far as sending weapons, that's a whole different thing. It's about hurt and pain and kill and murder. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, yeah, I who I am now, I want everybody. I want to see everybody doing good, but I can't lie in front. Like I don't want to see people that look like me, feel like me, talk like me, have the same experience. For sure. Good. You know what I'm saying? Cool. All right. Well, we're gonna be right back because I want to kind of pull out. I want I want you to kind of speak to how you know people of color should be processing mm-hmm, through this mm-hmm. in a healthy manner. Yeah. Um, because I think people could either watch this movie and kind of be stoked about it, tweet about it and then move on and not really kind of process through and it mm-hmm. be as beneficial as it potentially could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll think, it, and then I want to pull out even further and talk about just like the, the role of, that you kind of led with at the beginning of the episode of like personal narrative and yeah. like how important that is. Yeah. We'll be right back. All right, John. So let's first kind of just talk about, and we, we've teased it and I think we, we yeah. talked around it, but talk about like how, um, someone should properly process this. And I, to be honest, like, because I've been like my shade mm-hmm. of my skin and you know, I've had heroes like William Wallace and mm-hmm. growing up, like I, I, I it, this isn't this like, you know, uh, watershed moment for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. uh, having a hero and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, needing to process through it in that way. Mm-hmm. But for people who are just like finding so much pride and joy and f- being represented, should it just stop there? Something just a, a step in the right direction, mm-hmm. or is there something more that people should be doing as they mm-hmm. process through this movie, black, white or other? Yeah. Um, again, I'll, I'll be blurred first. You should be disappointed. It wasn't what we wanted, but it was what we needed, right? Just because I just feel like there were certain elements that existed in the comic book that Hollywood can't do. But sure. I feel like just, you know, just on some like culture and race and just people ain't ready for stuff. Um, but as as a person of color, even as even as a blur, like I was, I was bro, like this is what this is what we needed. Think about it. They were going to do an they were going to do a um, uh, after Iron Man one. Uh, what's the name was going to get a movie? Um, Jim Rose, who is War Machine. Can you imagine if Maine, Maine, what's that boy's name? Uh, Jeffrey Lyons or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. uh, Light Skin Dude, what's his name from uh, the TV show? Yes. Yep. yep, Maine, Maine. That's what he says in every movie he's in. If that dude would have been War Machine, because Don Cheadle murdered him. Like yeah. nobody remembers, I can't even think of his name right now, Don Cheadle. Just 
that would have been a terrible movie at a time when CGI was terrible and a time where that's not the guy you want to be the face of a black character being a main person in a Marvel film, right? right. So we're in the time of 2018. The CGI is great. Social consciousness is at all time, not at all time high, but it's pretty high. Being woke is a thing. They got a black director, black all black cast for the most part. Uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar to do the soundtrack. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it was a black movie, right? Outside of like Spike Lee, this is the blackest movie you're gonna get in Hollywood, probably, sure. right? So, Especially blockbuster, right, Marvel right, movie, right, right. Probably, probably usurped any movie that Spike Lee or any other black director has ever done, right? Um, so I think that. I want people to ascribe to a level that they've never ascribed to and be excited on the level they've never been excited on. Um, and I'm not the guy that's like, oh, it's fictional. Because I have black friends, oh, it's fictional. fictional, And y'all getting all been out of shape. And I'm like, no, bro, this is for the culture. This is a win for the people. I can show my daughter his little sister and be like, look at her. She is an amazing young woman and is brilliant. And there's no shame in her being smart. Mm-hmm. My wife grew up in a culture where she had to dumb down how smart she was. She graduated high school at 16 and, and we, people at her school would get teased for being smart. So it wasn't cool. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Um, you you know, I look at a movie and well, I don't know if we're gonna get to it this time, but uh, I just saw um uh The Shape of Water and the one black man in the movie was a sucker and a simp and a poodle and didn't stand up for himself and let his wife get you know, talk crazy to. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the stuff that needs to stop, right? Sure. And so on a level of like building a narrative, finding identity, yes, this guy is fictional. What he represents, I think, is bigger than fiction, but why not ride the wave of the pride and the joy and the happiness? I cried the whole movie, bro. I cried from opening to the end on so many levels because so many things are running through my head of why this is brilliant for the people and for the culture you know what i'm saying and i think it's just one of those things where again from technology to strong black women which i guess is always a thing you know black women are i guess they're strong you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying in movies i guess it's okay for that thing to happen right um no jezebels no you know mammies no uncle toms no sellouts no you know none of that it was just all positivity just wrapped in different forms even killmonger i feel like you know to to an extent was somebody you could look up to oh for sure you know what i'm saying for sure different idea i mean it's very much like you said like uh it's the malcolm and martin idea there um and you know who you uh probably like believe that their path leads to the quickest results is whether where you go with that one um so kind of even go out even further like talk about how people need one talk about mm-hmm. how people need these narratives in their mm-hmm. lives um because for whatever reasons from a psychology standpoint mm-hmm. and two i think i'd also love to just hear from you like what do people anglo people who mm-hmm. look like me who probably do like fall into the woke category because this isn't like you said this isn't going to change the world yeah. but but what how can we also come alongside and, and celebrate this mm-hmm. moment understand that nothing like this has happened in the history of film and television right on this level like and please don't get like i wish somebody would come at me i did my dissertation and my senior thesis on the images of african-americans in film past present and future so this is not me just talking right like off shooting off the hip like bro like like yes spike lee has done movies yes other black directors have done things yes these things have happened in hollywood where you've had black people in movies but when it comes to open and shut beginning to end nothing but love nothing but positivity nothing but like yo this is a mate like this is an aspiration and people can hold on to different characters and love these people just understand that this is this is not every day for them yep. you know what i'm saying like yeah white people can see themselves in anything and everything all the time good bad right wrong or indifferent like they have that for me bro again i had tupac and i had 
Theo Huxtable. Neither one of them was. But in this movie, I could choose whoever, however, and run with that and be like, yo, that's I can find myself in their position. Whether it was the the dad, you know, T'Chaka that made the bad decision. He said, this is the truth I chose to to hide. You know, mm-hmm. whether it was his brother, whether it was Killmonger. You know, you can find yourself in these places and find a place and find a home to be like, man, I can see the flaws. I can see the good. I can see the bad. And I can adjust where I am in life based on what I want my outcome to be. For sure. Right. And so I think it's just just celebrating, coming alongside, asking questions, being sincere um, and not um, getting to some soapbox of it being fiction, because that, that's a that's a weak argument. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like a lot of stuff is fiction. The Katniss Everdeen, but the, everybody still celebrates those movies. Right. You For know sure. what I'm saying? Girls like, braid their hair yeah, and yeah. feel more confident. Come in doing on, so. man. Yeah. So I, so I think that's I mean, I think that's the biggest piece. I mean, there's dozens of things you can talk about. I think the biggest piece is just celebrating, coming alongside, asking questions and asking people directly why this makes you feel the way you feel. And if they can't answer, that's on them. That's a problem. Like you just can't ride the wave just to be riding the wave. Like unless you're six, but you know what I'm saying? You should be able to articulate something. Cool. Um, So yeah, let's just close with this then. Like let's talk about, you know, ascribing pride Mm -hmm. and like your own narrative and your own um, kind of identity Mm -hmm. and pulling from fictional Mm -hmm. and, and historic kind of, places mm-hmm. and and how important that is to like finding your future and and building your future mm-hmm. because you understand where you come from yeah i think the reason why this movie as a piece of fiction works so well is because it's where we are like people google stuff right and you have no idea if this stuff is true or not because it's google right right wikipedia is full of facts that people put in right so mm-hmm. When you live in a time where people don't tangibly go to books and do research and learn, right, to figure out where it is they're coming from, the history, the whatever, not that this book, by by no means does this movie replace going to a library, doing some research, studying and finding out who the ancestors were, who the forefathers were. But I think someone that is in a, like I went home and I said, hey, I, I grabbed my son by the back of his head. I put his forehead on my forehead. I said, hey, your name is John Parker, son of John Parker, great-grandson of Donald Parker, great-great-grandson of John M. Parker. Like, bro, I left out of there like, bro, I'm going to make sure my son every day and my daughter know who they are, whose they are, where they come from, and where they're going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the yeah. impact that it had on me. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we're talking about narratives and what we want to be, we often get led by religion. We get led by friends. We get led by pop culture. We get led in family of origins. We get led by all of these different things that are trying to impose their will on us that Mm. don't allow us to flourish and be who we are. It's sad that it takes a work of fiction to come along and say, hey, you can be more. You can be this. You can be different. You can be great. Right. Yep. Um, And not to say that this hasn't happened in real life. It has happened. You know what I'm saying? But I just think this is the time for this. And you can see the implications of a legacy. Right. And I think that's probably the piece that and a lot of something that I feel like I have that a lot of my white, black and other friends Mm -hmm. don't have. Yeah. That's kind of a guiding light to them is like it's not in the grand things like my like my great grandfather who came on a boat from Scotland Mm -hmm. and my grandfather, who his son, like built their lives from nothing. Mm hmm. And like, but I can see like the small things they did that have led to like my opportunities. Now it wasn't some grand Mm -hmm. moment in their lives, but like, like I, my entire life, Mm -hmm. the legacy that my grandfather laid for me has Mm -hmm. been told to me. Yeah. You realize the shoulders you stand on, not yours. Like praise the ancestors. Like it is like, it is because of these small decisions that were made that you currently are in the situation you are in. And, and while that seems like, 
I think that's kind of maybe runs co- counter to our mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. today of like, you can do all, like you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. I think it robs us from understanding that the decisions we do, do affect our legacy, do mm-hmm. affect our families, yep. do affect our grandchildren that are yet to be born. And so I think that that perspective has been granted to me. And I think a movie like this that drives that home so clearly mm-hmm. of a legacy of mm-hmm. family of origin yep. of where you come from, know where you're from learning from mistakes. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. And so, and I, you know, I see this as a, like, there's an example, like, so just recently, mm-hmm. um, started to become friends with Kareem Emanuel, um, who started a, a fashion company called we, who they, I, we started tracking with and, you know, they've, you know, sponsored podcasts at fourth district. And I wanted to learn more cause I, I dug what they were doing and the message. And we sat down with Kareem and he told me the story of how this whole thing had come about. And it really came about from. You know, he didn't know where where he was going in life. Yeah. He didn't really have a guiding like guiding light. Mm-hmm. A lot of what he believed in, he felt like, was becoming less uh, of su- less of had less substance to stand on uh, and less substance to guide him. And so, he went to a village in Africa yeah. and spent I think ten days, fourteen days there. And like I think he came back a new person, understanding mm-hmm. like this may not be the village that which I came from, but these are my people and, yeah. and this is my like the legacy and you don't need a lot to be happy. And so there's a lot of these things that kind of like be like of a legacy that he even has adopted to some level, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that there's some truth in that that is his legacy is as well. Mm-hmm. And man, the the guy came home and is just has a guiding light now has Mm -hmm. that like thought process legacy in mind as he builds this new business and he's killing it Mm -hmm. because he understands that it's not necessarily about the moments in the next 24 hours or Mm -hmm. 48 hours but the the 50 years from now and with that in mind and and for me that is it's less about wakanda and i hope that this is the transition and maybe this is Mm -hmm. ignorant i'd love for you to react to this Mm -hmm. is like i hope that people transition from Wakanda, which is a fictional mm-hmm. place, to interest in where I'm from. Yeah. Well, who are my people? Where do I come from? How do I find out? Like there's mm-hmm. so many DNA tests now and, and other things that it seems silly these like these DNA tests that are, are advertised yeah, all over the place, don't care about that. But it's so interesting yeah. to be able to say these this is where I come from. Yeah. I didn't I wasn't born in the, like my people don't come from this country yeah. unless you're Native American or first peoples like mm-hmm. in which case you should take all the pride in yeah. those things and yeah. not let someone steal that from you. But yeah, man, I think there's so much benefit mm-hmm. from having the mindset of legacy. And if you are a dude out there, that is the that is the do that bro of this episode is like have a mindset of where you come from and the legacy you want to lead. Yeah, the, the, you write the narrative. Mm-hmm. Like you may be in a life that you feel like things have just been given to you and you've taken on roles. You have the power to create the, the narrative you want to create. And the only downside to answer your one question that I didn't answer was like, I don't see this as... I don't even think they'll make another Black Panther, to be honest with you, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of how much money it makes, I mean, they would it would have to fit into the Marvel comic universe, which he doesn't anyway. He was always standalone and ran with the Avengers for a little bit and some other stuff, but he was never mainstream Marvel, right? I think they're just going to tie in Wakanda and Vibranium. But the idea is that because of what happens in Hollywood and when things make money, I can see a slew of black movies coming out getting hella bankrolled, right? But then being terrible because people are just trying to capitalize. Right. There was a time in the 90s where you had The Wood and Best Man, Best Man Part 2 and this, da 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 Just like in the 90s in TV, you had Living Single and Martin, you know, this run because it's making money. So I'm hoping that if this happens, 
whoever's bankrolling and funding these things. It's not like the rap industry where it went from public enemy and, you know, stuff like that and then starts to get funneled in. Let's talk about pimps and hoes. That's what we'll put money into, right? Mm -hmm. That's what the music industry decided to do. And then it gets what it is today, right? So my thing is like, I only, and it's pessimist in me, I don't see this being as like, I see this as the pinnacle almost, right? And anything that comes after this just being a money grab, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I mean, that's just me being a pessimist, you know? Um, so I just, I just hope that people grab this wave now, get some identity, hope in them, Wakanda forever, find a narrative, create a narrative, get some guys in their life that's going to help them put a narrative together and then shoot for the stars, man. Yeah. Like it's, it's Wakanda mindset, baby. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like, again, I, I can't possibly understand what this movie means. And Mm. I think what you said though is encouraging of like, just you know, it being a conversation starter of mm-hmm. like for like your friends who are do seem like this is a, a watershed moment for them who mm-hmm. have seen the movie three times. Like, mm-hmm. don't just stop at, oh, you saw three times. I should probably go see it. Yeah. But like, hey, why did you see this movie three times? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I've seen a movie three times like since I was like nine and mm-hmm. I had like four DVDs that I yeah. rotated. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I think that there's something really important there that as we get to know the people that we do life with mm-hmm. like why this is so important yeah but yeah yeah and that's on a, and that's a major level man and so you know hey if you if you disagree that's cool let me know if you agree that's cool let me know but i just think at the end of the day man like as a person who loves this you can't be discredited by it it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks it doesn't matter what they say it doesn't matter what the naysayers have bro if this affected you and rocked you i cried from opening the clothes bro and i'm gonna keep seeing it i got movie pass i'm gonna see it every day bro (laughs) until they kick me out you know what i'm saying or kick me off the service but it's just one of those things where it's just like man like let this rock you the way it needs to rock you and let it encourage you to do whatever it is you need to do bro like, I can't wait to see my son and my daughter and remind them today. Oh, I love them, and I want them to know every day that this is where you come from, and this is who you are. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Good. It's good, man. Yeah. It's super good. Well, um, guys, this has been Don't Do That, Bro. We were supposed to, for the first time, <laughs> talk through other movies, but I feel like that would like take away from yeah. what's been an, an incredible episode. So, yeah. starting next week, you know, me and John, as it as it feeds into Do That, Bro, yeah. and, and things that we want people or not we want people to do or yeah. not want people to do uh, we're going to talk about movies more and more yeah. at the end of every episode we used to do a series called uh this weekend at the movies and uh and we want to kind of start tying that into yeah. don't do that bro yeah. so that'll start next week yeah. uh but yeah man any last words hey man wakanda forever baby that's all i'm on right now well Y'all, it's been good. We'll catch you next time. Sunbot nan and to suffer that you mean that leave it come a lens is on me. Puma lens eyes. Wafeluba. This one may not take five. Two is in that.